Live from Northbridge, Massachusetts, it is episode seven of the Starched MMA podcast. I am one of your two hosts, Zach, and I'm here with Big Z. How are we doing, Zach? Dude, I am in fucking credible. I am absolutely fired up and ready to talk about some mixed martial arts and what a weekend it was. Yeah, man, we have a, a fantastic card to recap for you guys and then another fantastic card to uh, to preview. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great week for you guys. Yeah, we have a, a pretty full plate on the show here. This is going to be exciting stuff. So I think the first thing that we should talk about today is boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, friends, Romans, countrymen. We fucking finally, after what seems like years have a official confirmed UFC 300 main event. Yes, we do, Zach. It is uh it was announced right after uh UFC 298 ended. Dana tweeted out another one of those uh videos that he he loves to uh tweet out for us. Uh and he announced that the UFC 300 main event is going to be Alex Pereira versus Jamal Hill for the light heavyweight title. Um this was I don't want to say out of left field because we had talked a I think on one of our earliest episodes uh, about P- Pereira potentially um, headlining 300, but this one kind of felt like it was out of left field because we hadn't heard heard his name in a while. We were hearing something like Leon or maybe Drickus Duplessis, uh, whatever. But um, so this is our UFC 300 main event. It feels good to not have to talk and speculate about this anymore. Um, I just, I don't know. How do you feel about this, Zach? Because in a nutshell, I really, really like this fight. I can't even lie. Um, it just doesn't feel like that that banger to top off the card for UFC 300. What do you think? I feel like two things. I feel like, one, maybe they have another surprise in the store that hasn't been announced yet. We're I don't know. We're, it, we're, it, we're, we're not doing this, are we? No. but Can we be done? Me, I guess. But okay. at this point, it's just like maybe they got one more trick up their sleeves. I will well, say. D- Dana said that they have one more, like, middle tier. Yeah, like one more spot that they're putting on this card, but he didn't want to say what it was. But literally, it's just, it's just like another middle tier card, so a uh, uh, fight. So I don't, I don't think they have another like ace up their sleeve. But I actually really do like the main event. I, I do. I, I'm ready for it. And honestly, like it, it just, it's fine. It, it's not like a super heavy icing on the cake, but we already have a BMF title fight and the strawweight title fight, right? Yeah. So a third title fight on the card. That's, I think what we're asking for anyways. And what we have been asking for for months, it's a very compelling main event. I don't think it's the main event that a lot of people were expecting, but I think we'll ride with it because it's as good as it's going to get right now. Yeah. I mean, the card was already really good. So like, like we were saying last week, they, I would have been fine with just having Gaethje and hallway as the main event, you know, and not adding another fight. But so yeah, like I, I'm very happy with this card. This card is awesome. Uh, I don't know, just like the way Dana has been talking up like this main event for 300, it doesn't quite feel like this is what they had in mind. But that's okay. That's okay because this card still rules. Um, th- I just this brings up so many questions though because first of all, Jamal Hill is coming off of that Achilles injury, um, and it hasn't been all that long. I mean, I guess it's been about six months now because it happened in July. Um, but like, I just am a little bit worried that Jamal Hill isn't going to be 
completely healthy for this fight. Um, so there's that. And then also, I think we had been talking about they kind of need prayer for that UFC 301 card in Brazil, don't they? I don't know if they need him. Like, if they do end up doing the flyweight title as a main event, it really depends what else you can feed to that card. But Exactly. Like, what, what other big-name Brazilian fighters can they put on that card? Like, Oliveira's fighting on 300. Yeah, I don't know that yeah. I have one. Exactly. You know? So it, It's definitely interesting. Like, it, you know, like, what are they going to... If there's always a chance that, like, Pereira wins and somehow books himself a month later. I believe that. I mean, he he did say that he wanted to do that. I just don't know how feasible that is. Like, he's got to have, I mean, a, a almost flawless performance against Jamal Hill. Yeah, because any damage sustained in a fight, you're not going to be medically cleared to go a month later. Right. So, right. yeah, that's that's definitely some speculation, and I guess we'll have to talk about that eventually, is what, what that 301 main event will line up and be... Um, I think like, like I said, this is probably the best they could have done given the circumstances. I think so too. So the sounds of it from the sounds of things, they, the UFC really wanted to see Leon Edwards defending his title on this card. And none of those fights that they offered him were Bilal Muhammad. It looks like they offered Hamza Chemaev. Looks like they offered Islam Makachev, which would have, I think that's the, the real one where they were like, what if we fucking made that when Dana said like, we jump out of our pants. I feel like that's what they were talking about. There's no way they were going to get Makachev during Ramadan. And then what was the, was the other one was Shavkat. Yeah. Any of these fighters. Cause I think they're all Muslim fighters. So no, none of them would have been available. Yeah. So anyway, I, so. I don't know what kind of cards they were trying to play for that, but yeah. light heavyweight title. I believe first official defense for Pereira. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is correct. So we have a fucking main event. Bottom Thank line. God. We finally, finally got to the UFC 300 main event. We no longer have to guess. And uh, I think everyone is happy about that. Yep. Real quick before we move on, um, the UFC tweeted out a graphic for the UFC 300 main card. Uh, you don't have to worry about pulling this up, Nate. Um, but it had six fights on it. And I don't know if that means that there's actually going to be six fights on this UFC 300 main card, but not that it's a huge deal. I just thought that that was interesting because they almost never, if ever, do that for a pay-per-view main card. So I just thought that that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm kind of on board with that if that's their plan. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's it, not like it's something they do very often. No. Obviously, if they add a 6-1, they want you to pay for six fights. So whatever it is would hopefully be a worthwhile scrap, but are you saying they're going to up the price for, I'm not saying they're going to up okay, the price. I'm just saying like, if they're doing, that would be insane. <laughs> could you imagine, bro? Uh, it's, it's already brutal, but I, mean, they I, I just think it every year. Anyway. If they're doing six on the card, you just have to hope that all six are like worthy of your money. I would imagine they are could be because that's about the only reason that they would. Yeah. You know? And if not, then just keep it the way it normally is. Yeah. Maybe started a little bit earlier. Maybe started at like nine o'clock. We're not even asking. We're begging like, at this point. Six fights, three of them could potentially go five rounds. That that bitch is going to go until like three in the morning. Start the pay-per-views at 8 p.m. Eastern. Please, Dana. Do, do, us, Please. do us a fucking favor. <laughs> For all, the love of God. All these people talking about Dana getting oiled up and stuff like that when, when, he, announces, when he announces fights. Brother, when he starts 
uh, pay-per-views at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, that's when Dana's getting oiled up for me, man. That That's... That's the shit that I want. <laughs> this this old man wants to go to bed on time. Yeah. And, you know, I still feel somewhat young. But as as I get older over here, these 1 a.m. main card endings will oh, not do dude. us any fucking favors. As we get older, it's going to be harder and harder to watch. Bro, the, the card this past weekend went until like 1.40 in the morning. And the, the main event, the only five-round fight, ended in like the second round. Well, there was a card this past weekend. Yes, Big there Z. was a major milestone, baby. UFC 298 was this past Saturday, and we have a fuckload to tell you guys about here. So much to talk about, dude. What a, what a phenomenal card. Uh, it probably felt like it was a better card after, like, like even more so after these last couple of fight nights we've had. But even still, UFC 298 was a breath of fresh air, a spectacular card to watch. Uh, so much action. Uh, so much to talk about and a a giant shift in the featherweight division on top of this card, Zach. The tectonic plates have shifted underneath the grounds of the MMA world as there is a new champion at 145 pounds, Big Z. Ilya Taporia defeats Alexander Volkanovsky by knockout in the second round. And uh, I'm still trying to gather myself here. Shocking. I've been trying to gather myself since Saturday night when it happened. That's fair, dude. That's totally fair. It was we said this to each other uh, like right after it happened. It's not surprising. Be, like I mean, I I picked Tapori to win, so I'm not surprised that he won. But the way that it happened, just like like the fight was happening and then it was over. Like it was just shocking to watch. Like it just happened so fast. Really, just I I think the ending kind of felt abrupt. Like you know, for a championship fight. We've talked about Volk on this show before and, and what he is to f a lot of fight fans, including us. Ilya Taporia just stopped him in his fucking tracks. <laughs> yeah. A, a, a beautiful one-punch knockout from Ilya Taporia. Like, one one of the cleanest right hands you will ever see. We, we've talked about that, like, uh, off, off mic about um, Usman versus Masvidal being, like, a picture-perfect right hand. You can put that right up there because Ilya Taporia literally just one punch KO'd Alexander Volkanovsky with maybe the most beautiful right hook I've ever seen. Like there, there were a few follow up shots, but they were entirely unnecessary. Like Volk was out before he even hit the canvas. Um, yeah, Taporia just proved that he is that fucking dude. The follow up was honestly pretty fucking brutal too. It was, um, and you can't even get mad at, at Herzog because, like I said, it happens so fast. Like, before you even knew, Volk was unconscious and Taporia was, like, hammering him with, with follow-up shots. So, like, Herzog got in there about as fast as he could. I thought it was a fantastic stoppage. It could have been a lot worse with some other referees. Um, but, yeah, crazy fucking knockout, dude. That's all, like, that's all, that's all I keep saying. It just, I'm just shocked. It was one of the most stunning things to have happened, at least so far in this calendar year. And it was one of those knockouts, man, where... Volkanovski was kind of out for a, a little bit there. Oh, like, yeah. You, you could tell they, they were, like, after a minute or two, they were starting to sit him up. But it's one of those deals. You can't even get him on a stool right away. He's just kind of slumped over by the canvas, by the fence. And he's, he is out. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he was completely Taporia out. Cool. brings himself to 15-0 and 0 with this performance. Yep. A just absolutely haywire knockout. 
and he's the new champion, man. And yeah. he's he's taking that belt home. It's it was a fucking just demolition of Alexander Volkanovsky, who I, I am think I'm I think I'm pretty worried about Volkanovsky for as long as a champion, like for his title reign, everything that he did so well. My my fears have started to kick in a little bit for the safety of Alex Volkanovsky. Yeah, I mean, once you suffer two uh, bad knockouts like that in a row, you 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 have to, and especially at his age, at thirty five, you you have to be at least a little bit worried. Um, I just feel so bad for him, man. Like he was, I don't want to definitively say that he was winning this fight. I mean, all three judges scored the first round for him, but like this was a very back and forth fight. But Volk looked so good in this fight, man. Like just. He just doing doing his thing, you know, like he he started the fight and he was lighting up Tapuria with kicks, leg kicks, body kicks, just keeping Tapuria like at, at a distance. He he just looked so good. Um, but as soon as Tapuria got him backed up against that cage, he just landed that one shot that he needed and it just it was over. You know, I just I I, I feel really bad for him, honestly. Yeah, if you're fighting Tapuria, you have to not back up. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is Taporia never stopped pressuring like Volk Volk did a good job with his defense and kind of, uh, you know, circling and not allowing himself to get caught against the cage. But like, like I said, Taporia just needed that that one shot. It, it, it's it's so crazy, dude. And you're right. Alex was blasting him with leg kicks, mm -hmm. pressure fighting. Yeah. Walking forward. He looked so good, man. And then in the second round, train just derails. Uh, so with that said about Volkanovsky, I think I would like to s see him take at least a calendar year off from, from fighting. It's, I don't, I don't know what, what they would do next for both of these guys. Obviously Volk, they interviewed him, which I did not like Joe Rogan interviewing him in the cage after a knockout loss. You remember when Joe Rogan got upset about having to knock out or, uh, interview a knocked out fighter? Yeah, now here he is. He's now it's like, just a regular thing. We want to talk to the one of the greats right here. Put a yeah. mic in his face after he's just been fucking violently knocked out. It's Which I appreciate, like, wanting to, you know, give him the airtime. But it's like, this guy needs medical and attention. And Volk is that guy, but yeah. just don't interview him. Just he, don't interview he him. He needs medical attention more than he needs to, you know, express, you know, whatever he feels in that moment on the microphone to the crowd. Yeah, I also don't know how you can expect a fighter to, like, explain themselves after a KO loss. Like, it's one of the dumbest things about our sport. Bro, but he probably still had no idea, like, what even happened. Yeah, you know I mean? just like, oh, I... It's like, what, what props do you, what do you, to him, you know? Yeah, what do you expect him to say? But uh, to go on, to go off of what you said, um, I would like him, or I would like to also see him take off, like, a year or so, like you said... Uh, he put out a video saying that he's going to take at least till like the end of this year, which is good enough, I guess. But he's calling for the immediate rematch against Deporia, which I, I obviously understand because he's a, a long reigning champion, but I don't know, man. I, I really don't want to see him take that fight again. I, I don't need to see him take that kind of punishment again. I, I don't think it goes any better. Deporia is only getting better. Volk is only getting older. I just don't see... Uh, by the time that fight would happen, he'd probably be 36. So I just don't see. I, I don't I don't want it to happen. I understand why he wants it, but I, I desperately don't want to see that rematch. I see it and I don't see it, you know, because I, I don't want that to happen for the sake of Volk. But I know right. Volk wants it to happen for yeah, his sake, because five time defending champion was it five or six. 
uh, five, five successful defenses. Yeah, so this, this most recent defense was a six attempt. Yeah. But five-time defending champion at one weight class, and you know he's going to want that one back. And mm-hmm. it fucking it stings to know that if for some reason they do that rematch, which they might, mm-hmm. he could yield similar results and be on a tough track here. Yeah. I, I, it's just, it is worrisome, but... I, I guess I'd like to ask you, what what would you like to see next for the new champion in the UFC? I was just going to say that. To end this on a positive note, um, Ilya Tapuria, there is just something so exciting. I don't know. You can probably attest to this, Zach. There is something so exciting about having an undefeated UFC champion. There is just some like a, a kind of rarefied air about it that it just makes it like just so exciting. You want to watch them fight all the time. Um, but yeah, now that there's a new champion in this weight class, there are so, so many options for Tapuria to defend this belt. I think they have to go to Spain for his first defense I because he will just come off as a goddamn superstar if they bring him to Spain. He will fill out a soccer stadium, and it will just be awesome. It doesn't matter who he fights, um, but there are just so many good options. You could... I hate... Suddenly, Holloway versus Gaethje is, like, an awful fight. because Not awful, but, like... I so badly want to see Tapuria versus Holloway for the title just because I feel like that fight would be sick. If the timetable's right, maybe you'll get that anyways. It, it could still you work know, out. It could, it could be a while before they find themselves in Spain, but Dana said that's th- that's the plan. That's where they want to go. Yeah. And you know what? Good on them for recognizing the stardom that they have in this brand new champion. Yeah. Because Ilya Tapuria is going to cause a lot of fucking problems for a lot of featherweights coming yes. up here. Yeah. Uh, Another I wouldn't fl- mind the Holloway fight either. Yeah. I think that would be absolutely fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Let's see what, what happens at 300 first. And a- another fight, though, uh, Mavzar Evloyev. God, that fight would be sick. Yeah, th- there's a couple guys that crossed my mind outside of Holloway because mm-hmm. that would be, I think, the best option. Yep. That Hol- fight would, that fight would be the fucking option. crazy. Yeah. You've got Evloyev, but the other one that I would like to see get another crack at that is Josh Emmett. I, did he, I don't think he fought Taporia. Emmett? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he oh, did. he did. Yeah, we talked about this last week. Okay, okay. Yeah, he, he so, Tapuria uh, beat Emmett by decision. I thought he TKO'd him late, uh, but it was a very dominant, dominant decision from Tapuria. I think it was like a 50 44. I'd kind of like to see him get a stab at it. And we also have a fight coming up this weekend, which we will uh, talk about in detail. But Brian Ortega and Yair Rodriguez, the winner of that fight, you have potential for. Yeah. Um, especially Yaya Rodriguez. I saw some people because I, I wasn't really thinking about this, but I saw some people online saying like Spain versus Mexico in Spain, like for a title, like the, I feel like that, like the air for that would be just crazy. Jesus like the Christ. Atmosphere yeah. I mean, it would por- just be so cool. Poria and Yaya Rodriguez would be a, a fantastic title fight. Yeah. Um, Arnold Allen too, if he's able to get like another win or two, I know he just lost to Avloyev, but I feel like that would be a fun matchup with Taporia. Like that. Just That's so, the thing. So like, many good options. Anyone so you many want, good options at featherweight. Stack the deck. The names are out there, and even with a even with a new champion at the helm, like this is like a a fresh awakening for this division for champion and contender. Yeah, feels like it's in a great spot. Featherweight fucking rules right now, dude. So that main event was incredible. Yeah. We just have a lot to uh, to cover today, so I think we should uh, talk about the co-main event next on the UFC 298 card, and that was a middleweight clash between Robert Whitaker and Paulo Costa, and this fucking fight should have won fight of the night, and it did not. 
Oh, you know what? I'm glad you said that, Zach. I agree. This absolutely should have been fight of the night. But that reminds me, I didn't uh, read off the performance bonuses for this card, so I'll just do that real quick. Uh, so like Zach said, somehow Costa versus Whitaker was not the fight of the night. It was Amanda Lemos versus Mackenzie Dern, which was a fun fight. Um, but real quick, last week I said that the original matchup for that was Lemos versus Andrade, but it was actually supposed to be Lemos, uh, Lemos versus Tatiana Suarez. I'm just an idiot. Hey, me too, man. Yeah. Thought I'd just clear that up, but yeah. So Lemos versus Dern was the fight of the night. And then, uh, the performance bonuses, you actually got three of them, which is kind of nice. Um, performances, uh, performance bonuses, uh, Iliot Saporia for obvious reasons, uh, Anthony Hernandez, who will be getting to a little bit later on. And then, uh, Zhang Min Yang for his, uh, first round knockout on the prelims. So those are your performance bonuses for 298. Yeah. It was kind of cool to see him stuff a, a third, um, performance bonus on there. I was a little bit like, I, I don't know if disgust is the right word. Cause I almost said that, but I was like definitely disappointed to see no bonus money coming the way of these main event combat or co-main event combatants because, Robert Whitaker and Paolo Costa put on a goddamn show in there. It was a brutal, grueling fight, a fight that I kind of wish was five rounds, but like, wow, Rob, Rob takes home a, a unanimous decision. win. both guys looked like as good as they do, maybe Paulo, I think the best he ever has, even in a loss, like this is not a stock drop for either guy. This co-main event was sick. Big Z. Uh, yeah, I literally echo everything you just said about this fight. Uh, spectacular. These guys put on a show, an absolute war for the fans. Um, I won't go so far as to say I was disgusted, but I absolutely feel that these men should have gotten a, a, a 50K bonus because they left a piece of themselves in that octagon on Saturday night. Um, but yeah, both guys may be looking as good as, as good as they ever have, specifically, like you said, Costa. I thought he looked spectacular in this fight. That like, head kick. Dude. 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 First round. In the first round, for context, for the people who don't know, Whitaker, he's he's facing Costa. He's, you know, barreling down. It's coming towards the end of the round. And Costa fucking drills him with, like, a spinning wheel kick. Yeah. And Rob, like... like 10, 15 seconds left in the first round. And Rob like was like staggered going back to his corner and it was like ridiculous to watch a few more seconds. You might've think that he could have been done for. I thought he was done for when that kick landed just a, and like Rob was like, Oh yeah, it was just a flesh wound. Like in his post fight interview. Cause that's Robert Whitaker. Yeah. He's fucking crazy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a spinning wheel kick land that hard without absolutely fucking planting whoever, like it landed on, you know what I mean? Like I, I've never seen somebody eat a kick like that straight to their fucking face. Uh, both of these dudes just showing like otherworldly toughness in this fight, because obviously we had that, but then like in the, 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 the second and third rounds, Whitaker hit Costa with some shots that you would think would put down like a fucking horse and Costa is just smiling at him and laughing. Like this fight was just so insane. Yeah. And it you had, really like it really was. You had Paulo like trying to wave him down and get him to exchange in the center of the octagon. He's like, bring it here, bring it here. Like we're gonna fucking throw down right Holloway here. Holloway style. Oh man. That fight was 
remarkable. And I the, love the Anaheim so fans got a treat for that for that Cobain event, and really yeah, yeah. just for this main card in general. Like, it feels it feels good to have like a lot of good things to say after a UFC event. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Our our reign of negativity is over. Finally, finally, we made it out of the storm. Unless, <laughs> but. Uh, I think I'm ready to go to the next fight if you are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that shout, is shout out to Costa and Whitaker. Shout out to both of those middleweights, 100,000 percent. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll both be looking forward to seeing what's next for those gentlemen. All right, Big Z. The next fight on the main card was a fucking snooze fest in my eyes. Yeah, I, I said we were out of the storm, but like not quite. Maybe about 95 percent. We just because, have to talk about this one. Yeah, this fight sucked i guess we just thought it would be better but at welterweight ian gary and jeff neal the the rebooked clash that we probably thought was going to be a lot better yeah i guess i was just expecting a little bit more action um i mean it is what it is it felt very similar to ian gary's last fight against neil magny where he kind of just did what he needed to to win um didn't do anything like spectacular. I will say his knees up the middle uh, were very effective against Jeff Neal. Like a few landed to the chest, but a couple landed to the head. I thought those were really nice. But um, yeah, Ian Gary just kind of doing what he does really, really well, um, which is kind of keeping distance and picking you apart from the outside. You can't blame him. He's doing what he needs to to win. Um, but this just was not a very entertaining fight. And the, the fans made that uh, very clear from pretty early on in the fight. Dude. It fucking went to split decision, which I forgot about until I now. I forgot about that too. I forgot about that till now, and then literally, oh yeah, looking that's at right. the card pulled up on here, like how in the goddamn hell did that fight go to split decision? But it just—it also felt like, like you said, like Ian did what he had to do to win. But Jeff Neal had like next to nothing in the tank for most of the fight. Yeah, he really didn't have much for Gary, which is unfortunate. I thought I thought he was going to be a little bit more of a uh, of a test. But yeah, dude, how is that a split? It's just that was just one of those things. Judges are probably bored, dude. Like <laughs> it's just terrible. You know this about me, you listeners. You guys will come to know this about me. This is maybe my biggest pet peeve in MMA. Is like, how in the actual fuck do you get a split decision where two judges thought Ian Gary won all three rounds, and then another judge? thought Jeff Neal won two out of three rounds. How is this fucking possible? I'll tell you how. Incompetence. That's really what it is. So I want to say that, but it like it comes back to the scoring system. Like it's it it's an abysmal scoring system for for what we have in this sport. It's it was created for boxing. Part of it is is probably incompetence because we definitely have some dumbass judges, but like we need a revamped scoring system or else this is just going to keep happening. Yeah, I 100% agree, dude. It was just watching some of these fights get scored. It's It's so frustrating, dude. Not only is the system outdated, but I think, like, as fans, we'd really like to start seeing some some live scoring and should be able to hold judges accountable a little bit more. I feel like they should have to do media. Everyone else does. Yeah. But right now we're not going to get that, and... um, yeah, Ian Gary stays undefeated. I don't have much else to say about that fight because I it was largely underwhelming. Yeah, uh, he called out Colby Covington, which I 
I don't mind seeing that fight. I would actually kind of like to see that. A uh, good test for Gary on the uh, the grappling end, and then you know an actual ranked opponent for Colby Covington, um, because he doesn't have any uh, ranked wins on his uh, his resume. Anyway, fuck Colby Covington, but I would like to see that fight. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. All right. And the next one we had was at bantamweight. We had Henry Cejudo and Marab Walishvili. Uh, Marab is going to take home a very unanimous decision victory over Henry Cejudo here. Big Z. This was uh this was very one-sided. I think largely like around the whole atmosphere of this fight was one-sided uh, for the most part. Yes, I would agree. Um, I will say this fight was actually a little bit more fun than I was expecting. So shout out because I wasn't really expecting much for this fight, but um, yeah, I thought the first round was close. Um, I mean, obviously Suhudo hurt Marab uh, in that first round, which made it interesting, but I thought overall, like, like Suhudo actually looked really good in that first round. Like he, he came to fight. Um, but then, yeah, the, the second and third rounds were, were very one-sided for Marab. Suhudo just couldn't keep up with the pace. Like, literally nobody else can because Marab is like ungodly with, with the amount of cardio that he has. Yeah. Marab's pace is so fucking fierce. And yeah. I think it, you know, it, it won him this fight that and cornering he's, those Sarah Longo guys, Marab have quite the the connection. And I just want, like you said, I think the first round was the closest. And then after that, Marab was able to take over. He was talking to Mark Zuckerberg in the middle of the fight. It was really weird. And uh, we didn't get to hear from Henry Cejudo afterwards, but it sounds like he will re-retire after this performance. And uh, good. See you later. <laughs> See you later, buddy. See you later, triple cringe. Yeah, no, I, um, feel, I feel the same. Um, I will say, though, like, he, he actually had, did have a very good combat sports career. So shout out to him. Good for him. You know, he, he he's earned a uh, an actual retirement this time. Um, so congratulations to Henry Cejudo. Um, real quick, uh, I don't know if you had anything else on this, but I just wanted to mention, like, you did you did bring up Marab's corner. Uh, Sarah Longo quietly coaching maybe the two best bantamweights ever, because Aljo and Marab are now tied at nine wins in a row, which is the longest uh, winning streak in bantamweight history. It's very impressive, and it is pretty quiet. It's weird how you don't hear about it, but. I, it's and I'm just, actually going to expand on this too, but please go ahead. It's just one of those formulas. It's just one of those things. They have the right guys in their corner and dude, it's very impressive. Not something that I even realized is that they were both on a, a nine fight win streak at yeah. this point, but man, it's, it's well, pretty Al impressive. Aljo isn't anymore because he had the loss to O'Malley, but he, he was on a nine fight win streak. And then Marab just tied that because he is now on a nine fight win streak. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. It's, it's just wild that they are able to be the winner almost every time yeah and then just just to expand on that this is just so crazy to think about ray longo like coaching usc champions in like three different uh, quote-unquote generations of the sport like he had matt sarah back in the day whatever what you know whenever he beat gsp early 2000s then he had uh chris wyman who beat anderson silva and then aljo who was the Bantamweight champion for a while. And now if he has Marab, that's his fourth UFC champion. Like, I don't think Ray Longo gets enough credit for like how good of an all time MMA coach that he is. 
Yeah, that type of coaching level is just fucking elite. You don't. And it you seems don't see like it doesn't get noticed too, too much. That's what I'm saying. Like he he and Matt Sarah don't get the credit or get enough credit that they deserve because that is a substantial gym and they have had major impacts on the sport literally for several decades for now. a long time. Yeah. Like you said, he'd be a fourth champion, you know? Mm-hmm. So this is crazy. It looks like Marab is officially ranked number one at bantamweight now. Yep. And we will see him get probably a title shot soon. That's what Dana said on Saturday night. He said definitively, which he doesn't do very often. He said, no matter who wins versus uh, or between uh, Cheeto and O'Malley, Marab is getting that winner definitively. And it it's hard to see him not winning that title against either men. Right, dude, it's nuts. Um, so we'll have to see how that plays out because 299 is coming up with that bantamweight title fight. Some, sometimes the stars just align for you. So we could know Marab's next opponent as early as uh, March 9th. So it's it's very exciting. And uh, props to Marab on the W here. Yeah, shout out Marab. Good night for Georgia. Yeah, good, good night for the great nation of Georgia yeah. and their MMA because, wow. Shout uh, out Georgia. Might have two UFC champions pretty soon. One more fight on the 298 main card, and that was a fight that went scorched earth, Big Z. We had Anthony Fluffy Hernandez versus Roman Kopilov, and this was a wild one, and we knew it was going to be. Yeah, this fight was so much fun, dude. Like, just chaos. I I feel like what we said about this fight was pretty apt last week. Um, Yeah, just fun for as long as it lasted. Uh, you know, very even first round. I think both guys kind of, uh, you know, showed what they had on the feet. And then, dude, once it got to the 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 ground in the second round, like the fight got even better. Like the scrambles that they had were like crazy. You had Kopilov, uh surviving that like that tight neck crank that Hernandez had, and then the finish was just fucking amazing because, like I said, like Hernandez had Kopilov in a uh, a neck crank. Kopilov gets out attempts to like get up and then Hernandez just snatches a rear naked choke, which was so tight. Like as soon as he locked it up, you knew that it was over and he did too, because he literally started like smiling and like nodding like Nate Diaz style. Cause he knew that bitch was over like before Kapolov you had tapped, he snatched up that rear naked choke and he's like, Oh, I, this is it. I have him, dude. That shit made me so happy. Oh, was I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell the audience straight up. I had, I had a little bit riding on a couple of knockout early on, you know, but <laughs> like I knew this fight was going to deliver and watching Mr. Hernandez with the smile on his face, just choking the fucking barren life out of Roman Kopilov. It was, it was nasty. And it just, it made me appreciate. It made me appreciate everything to be honest, like a submission like that, where Dude, he just grabbed it and he had he had been trying to submit him, you know, like he had that face crank going on, that neck crank, couldn't get him, and then he just readjusted it and he choked Kapalov, made him tap out, but like if he didn't tap out, he would have gone to sleep within a couple of seconds. So oh, yeah. that was just that was a really fun submission and it was done the way that Anthony Hernandez does that type of like, oh man, it was awesome. It's yeah, awesome. I just love the aesthetic of that finish just because like like I said, Kapilov was like trying to get up. It's not like he broke the, uh, the, the, the face crank. And then he just kind of snapped it. Like he was like halfway to getting up. And then Hernandez was like, Nope. Just like pulled him right back down. Dragged to the him back down and fucking choked him out. It was so great. 
Uh, yeah, awesome. I, I love this fight. Great finish from Hernandez. All right. Well, I think we, there's a couple prelims we want to talk about, but I do want to mention one thing before we get to the prelims, and that is we had our second of the year Hall of Fame induction, Big Z. Vanderlei yes, Silva, the axe murderer, a pride legend and a UFC legend in his own right, is headed to the, to the pioneer wing of the UFC Hall of Fame. Like I said, second inductee of the calendar year, and this one's fucking awesome, dude. It's so sick to see these Hall of Fame inductions keep rolling. Yeah, we've said this before, but I love the way they do these Hall of Fame inductions on like pay-per-view cards where there's like big crowds. They have the fighter there where so they can they they receive the standing ovation and like the final send-off that they deserve. I guess not a final send-off because we'll have the actual Hall of Fame induction ceremony. But anyway, you get my point. I love the way the UFC does these. Uh they need to do they need to do it way more. Like they just need to do it when like a fighter retires or something like that. Just way more fanfare and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Vanderlei Silva may be like the greatest action fighter of all time. Like he, he, I don't think has ever had a boring fight. Um, he is just so, so deserving of, uh, this hall of fame induction, uh, a legend of the game, a pioneer, like Zach said. Um, yeah, I just, I, I couldn't be happier for him. Honestly, we, we are somewhat newer fans to this sport. So he was before our time, but going back and watching old pride fights, and seeing people like Vanderlei, like Shogun, like Fedor Emelianenko, like these are the real pioneers of the sport. And they they put their heart and souls into this when like really nobody knew what it was. And it's just su- such a deserving honor for Vanderlei Silva. Dude had absolute bricks for fist, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, dude. but man, it's like we've been saying, it's just awesome to see these guys like get inducted into the hall of fame and, and get their deserved shine. Silva was in the building uh, at UFC 298 for this. And it's always cool in the camera pans to the fighter. And you know, the emotions are running. It's just, it's one of those amazing things to see. And the UFC needs to continue to honor all of the legends who have paid their way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, way more of this UFC, please. Because honoring the the men who came before what we have now is just so important you see you see all the other sports leagues doing it um so i just think it's 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 so important to honor the the legends that we have in this sport while we still have them among us um yeah so moving on just a couple of prelims i wanted to highlight um already kind of talked about lemos versus uh duran that was your fight of the night very fun fight um lemos earns a uh, a decision some people thought Mackenzie Dern won I didn't really see it um I thought it was a pretty clear decision for Lemos what did you think I definitely didn't see Dern winning the fight yeah me uh it's Dern, Dern was like visibly upset which I thought again was surprising because she I got really... her nose busted up yeah. bad too yeah like I remember I was asking like would she work on her striking and I know it's I I genuinely very much do respect Mackenzie Dern this was a difficult fight for her. I feel like Lemos is just like nonstop coming, like just nasty, nasty, nasty from yeah. Lemos. And it did win fight of the night. So it tells you like it was exciting. It was back and forth. They were mixing it up a lot really well. It's just and you you could see the frustration from Dern losing a I think two or three in a row now, but yeah. she just didn't have she just didn't have what it takes to 
to put her away. And I don't feel like you're going to beat Lemos on the scorecards. So no, and I not quite sure how to, to touch that one off, but I, I just feel like, you know, my, my final point, I just think Dern is making these fights way more difficult for herself than she needs to. Um, she's like a world champion, uh, jujitsu practitioner. And she just, not that she doesn't use it, but she just doesn't, I don't know, like, she just doesn't have ways to apply it effectively. You know what I mean? Like, she, she just kind of walks into punches. She doesn't really set up takedowns. She just, like, dives in for takedowns, doesn't have effective wrestling. Um, and then even when she gets on top, like, she kind of just doesn't know what to do sometimes. Like, she'll get mount and then just, like, not throw any punches, not, like, go for the submission. It's just, I... I think she needs to like get a clear definitive game plan on what what she wants to do in these fights and like apply that because like I said she's right now she kind of like she just walks into punches like correct me if I'm wrong but I think Lemos almost finished her in the first round like she got cracked and hurt bad I mean she had to come back and and did in those those last two rounds and made it interesting but She's just making this way more difficult for herself and, and, and taking a lot of damage in the process. Yeah, I just feel like she has to kind of consider a different approach to winning a fight. A thousand percent. Yeah. Um, what else did you want to highlight for prelims? There were a couple performances that seemed to stand out here on the prelims. Yeah, I want to highlight this one real quick at heavyweight. Uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima defeats Junior Tafa by KO TKO uh, uh, 114 of round two. Um, just real quick, I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, this was not the original opponent for Marcos Rogerio de Lima. He was supposed to be fighting Justin Taffa. Uh, Justin Taffa, uh, suffered an injury on Friday before the weigh-ins. And his brother, Junior, who was there to be in his corner, stepped up and fought. I thought that this was fucking awesome. But, like, I, like, I didn't know that this was happening. I just kind of, like, went on Twitter on Friday, and I was like, I... I forget what the exact tweet said that I saw. It was like one Taffa out, another Taffa in. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Right now? Anyone, anywhere, anytime. Literally, maybe. literally. Bro. It, was, it was crazy. But yeah. <laughs> that is that is one of the beauties of the fight game. You got two fat, fat heavyweights and uh, <laughs> you got two big, big boys that are brothers and one of them can just fill in for the other one if if one of them gets injured they're they're it's too easy they're, they're too interchangeable easy. do do we even know if that was junior Taffa? was that just justin Taffa in disguise were they were they pulling a ruse on us we don't know we don't know but that's the beauty of having uh, uh having twin brothers in in the ufc so shout out to the Taffas. they're they're very fun um next one we already kind of Talked about this a little bit. Uh, this is your other performance winner. Zhang Minyang defeats Brenson Hibero by uh, KO at 141 of round one. Um, I don't remember the exact odds, but like on betting sites, the odds of this fight, like getting out of the first round were like insane or like finishing in the first round were crazy. Like it was almost a guarantee that this fight was going to end in the first round. And uh, we saw why, because Zhang and Yang kind of just put this dude away. Dude, Min Yang's power is nasty. So apparently he was 16 and 0 with like 16 first round knockouts or some shit like that coming into this fight. Fucking just crazy, a, dude. A bloody disgusting knockout. <laughs> he, he dropped Barrow and then just fucking landed hammers on him until the referee got in there and like, Ribeiro's eyes rolled back. It's just that was 
I, I, like last week we had a fighter that we weren't familiar with that we had to get familiar with real quick. And that's the same <laughs> this week with Zhang Mingyang because oh, yeah. that was just a violent knockout. And when you have a knockout like that on the prelims of a big like main card, it just gets you fired up for the rest of the night. Like when you see a KO like that, it just gets you jumping. And we had obviously an even crazier KO in the main event. And yeah, I love a, I love a night where you get a couple of just marvelous knockouts. Yeah, and for a UFC debutante, that's a great way to uh, uh, ingratiate yourself with the fans is to have a sick knockout on the prelims of like a, a, a highly anticipated pay-per-view and then snatch up a $50,000 bonus to go along with it. Like, and, well, and then call out the champion of your weight class. <laughs> Welcome to the show, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. Uh, uh, yeah. So man. that's about all I got for this. Um, UFC 298. Great fucking card. We really, really needed this one after the last few uh, apex fight nights we've had. Uh, and we've just got another banger coming up on this Saturday, Zach. Oh, we were, we're going to do this one now. All right, I like it. <laughs> Sorry, did you want to cover anything else on 298? No, 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 not 298. I just, I'm all jumbled up. But uh, the, the UFC is going back to a fight night this week after this pay-per-view. But we do not have an Apex fight night for once, Big Z. We are going God, to Mexico City, and we've got a few really exciting fights to talk about for this card coming up next week. Uh, UFC fight night, Mexico City, main event, a rematch and co-main event, a rematch, both five rounds, Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Royval. We'll start there at the main event. The Brandons are going to war in Mexico. Yeah, you don't see this very often with uh, two five round fights on a, uh, a fight night, but I love this. Um, but yeah, this main event fucking rules uh, the rematch, the rematch of the Brandons, Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Royval. Uh, this is not the original matchup. It was supposed to be Moreno versus Amir Albazi. Uh, who suffered an injury. Um, Roy Val stepping up to fill in. But yeah, this fight is fucking awesome. You've got Moreno at a minus 250 favorite. Uh, Roy Val coming back at plus 205. Um, but I just love this fight so much, dude. This is the first fight was nothing but action. This fight, I expect uh, nothing less. Flyweight unders. Uh, dude, this is this fight is so fucking cool. Like Moreno, the former champion, Roy Val, the former title challenger, uh, a rematch with fairly massive implications in the flyweight division. And dude, this division has been so good now, like for the last few years, it's just been steadily one of the most exciting divisions in the sport. Brandon Moreno, Brandon Royval, they're coming to throw down. Do we want to do a couple picks for this main event and co-main event? I like, think we should definitely. So, what are you thinking about this fight, dude? Because this one, I I don't think it's going to be technical. I think it's going to be crazy through and through for however long it goes. Yeah, whenever Brandon Royval fights, technical is not the word that I think of. Exciting is the word that I think of. That's the raw dog right there. Um, the first fight ended in I think it was technically a TKO. Um, but Roy Val like suffered a shoulder injury and kind of had to just not quit, but like tap out. I think that it was considered a TKO anyway. So we were kind of robbed of like a, a definitive finish of that fight and like more action because that fight was just so much fun for as long as it lasted. Um, I guess I kind of just expect more of a little bit more of the same. Um, I think Moreno is a more well-rounded fighter, but Roy Val just brings the fucking chaos, dude. Like, you don't really know what to expect when he's fighting. Like, because any kind of crazy shot could just come out of nowhere. Um, 
Shoot. Um, man. I will go with Brandon Moreno. Fourth round submission. You know what's funny? Is that what you're going to say? That is my exact <laughs> Let's pick. fucking go, dude. I, I love it. Royval is going to drop Moreno in the second round. It's going to be a fucking bloodbath, right? They are going to war for sure. For sure. For sure war. And then I think Moreno works him down to the ground in the fourth round and gets a submission. So we're both hammering the same. Uh, we're both hammering the same finish and ending here, which I, I don't that. think has ever happened before in terms of predictions. No, we've never had the same pick. So I, I, I kind of love that round and submission. So what, what submission does he get him with? Oh, I mean, probably just a rear naked choke because that is uh, Moreno's bread and butter when it comes to submissions. But that's kind of boring. I'm going to say arm bar. Yeah. Yeah. Because rear naked just sounds too Brandon Moreno. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a very boring pick. But if it's going to happen, that that's that's what it's going to Well, be. can't say enough good things about this fight. The the people who Love watch the sport so know what this main event is. And yeah. Honestly, dude, again, like, I just want to mention, like, how happy I am that they're back in front of fans because these fight nights in a packed house, like, bro, this is Mexico city. These fans are crazy and they've always been crazy when the UFC comes to town Yeah, and you know, like they are, they are wild and they are ready to party. So a lot of good talent on this card and this is going to be fucking awesome. This main event right here. You know what happened the last time the UFC was in Mexico? Yeah, of course I do. (laughs) The night ended with Brendan Fitzgerald hiding under a table. And Michael Bisping embracing the shower of beers that were flooding over him. Yeah, beers were getting thrown OD hard because of the um, the stoppage in the Jeremy Stevens and Yair. Was it Yair yeah, Rodriguez it was Yair. fight? It was like a eye poke, like fifteen seconds. Yeah, into the fifteen. Fight. This was like twenty nineteen. So I gotta gotta retrace my memory here a little bit. Yeah, I guess it was. I would have guessed that it was like. 2018 2017 yeah dude that was a 19 because then they ended up rematching it at td garden and we saw them in boston oh yeah you're right but um, i forgot about that yeah yeah totally just these fans (laughs) they they are here for there better not be any eye pokes stopping fights this time (laughs) around or the commentary team for the ufc will once again be showered by beers um (laughs) yeah it just i think that just goes to show you how how uh rabid this this uh this fan base is for, uh, for MMA. And I think they're going to be very excited. I think it's going to be a great fucking crowd on Saturday. Yeah. That is passion right there. I'm so fucking ready to see how popped this crowd is. They're going to be, they're going to be jiving from the beginning. Yeah. And, and this card is loaded with, with, uh, with Mexican fighters to, to get the crowd excited. Not a whole lot of like marquee matchups outside of this, but I'll just list off some of the, uh, highly anticipated like Mexican fighters that we've got on there. Um, Daniel Zellhuber's on there, who's a pretty, uh, pretty exciting prospect. He's fighting Francisco Prado at lightweight. Uh, Raul Rosas Jr. is on this card fighting against uh, Ricky Tercios. That should be exciting. Another, um, another exciting uh, test for Raul Rosas. Do you got any, got anything for that one? Dude, move on. Rosas versus Tercios is nuts too, but we do have to talk about this co-main event here. Uh, Oh shit. I'm sorry. I totally... Yeah, I totally jumped the gun there. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. We have a lot in front of us this week. So the co-main for this card, this beautiful Mexico City card, is also a rematch. We have Yair Rodriguez taking on Brian Ortega. This is a fight. This is a rematch almost two years in the making, Big Z. Yeah. And this rematch 
Also, the first fight was the was uh, an injury that stopped the fight. Um, Ortega's shoulder popped in like the second round. This was on a fight night on Long Island back in like 22. Yep. So uh, this is a huge, huge rematch with huge implications in the featherweight division. Um, Yair Rodriguez had the interim title last year, uh, did lose it to Volkanovski, but Yair has come close to this gold, and now he's back in a co-main event slot. Like we said, this is five rounds, and this one is going to be chaotic, just like the main event. Yeah, I love this fight so much, dude. It it was highly anticipated when it was scheduled in a main event, like you said, back in like 22 in Long Island, and I'm just as excited for it now. Um, Brian Ortega hasn't fought in a while, I think since actually that first fight. Um, but yeah, this fight just rules. I, I, I'm so excited for this fight, dude. I think it's going to be nothing but action. Um, the first, the first one wasn't as like weird as the first Moreno and Roy Val fight, because I will say like that shoulder injury for Ortega did happen because of a, uh, what was it like an Omoplata or whatever that Yair Rodriguez put him in. Or maybe yeah, like and then the shoulder the just popped right out. Yeah, so it's like, just like positionally, he, yes. he got hurt doing that. And yeah, it was it was caused by like a submission from Yair Rodriguez though. So I I I I like to give Rodriguez credit for that one because I think he actually was he was awarded the win. I think yes, yeah, yeah. And, and people were very upset about it. And I was, and I remember feeling pretty confident at the time that like no that you know you know it was from something that yair did so he deserves the credit for that win i also love that this is five rounds but oh yes dude i i feel like a this type of layoff for ortega could either sincerely enhance his chances to win the fight or very much hold him back yeah this is a weird one um i'll, I'll go ahead and throw you my pick i think yair wins by a decision but it's gonna be a dog fight and i think if if i was if I was able to bet on fight of the night, I think I would lock this one in kind of early because this is interesting. This is going to be, I believe, a true barn burner at 45. And I think yeah. we're going to see what both guys are made of. Yeah, I again, I love this fight so much. Um, OK, so my pick. Man, I will say last the last time we saw Brian Ortega coming off of a, a long layoff, he had a spectacular performance against TKZ. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. Wasn't he like bald as shit for that too? Yes, he was very bald. <laughs> yeah, and it just... was it was jarring to watch. Uh he literally just looked like a skinhead in there. So it was it was very weird. But um Man, Yair has d despite the loss to Volkanovsky, which is I mean, it's Volkanovsky. What what do you expect? Yair has just looked so good over these last few years. And he's I, so goddamn exciting. Yeah. I I have a hard time picking against Yair in this fight. I think Ortega is going to be game like he always is, and he's going to take the fight to Yair, but I think Yair is going to be a little bit too much. Um, we kind of saw in the first fight that, like, even if Ortega is able to take Rodriguez down, Rodriguez has, like, a good enough defense from his back to where he can kind of stifle Ortega's offense or even get back up to the feet. Um, and then I think he's just in a uh, on a whole different level on the feet. Uh, compared to Ortega, and I think he's just going to be too much. So I will go with, uh, I'll go with a third round TKO for Yair, Yair Rodriguez. 
Also, like both of these guys have finishes for days. Yeah. And like you could say Very that about finishes. the main event too. It's just yeah. I, I know that we're gonna get something excellent. You're probably gonna see a finish in, in maybe both of these fights. I would ex- probably expect a finish in both fights. Yeah. Even I, though I, I told you my pick was a decision <laughs> win. I would not bat my eye at a, any sort of finish in this fight. And no, it's just not at all. So do we, do we want to like go in detail of any of the other fights on the card? I know you'd probably save a little time if we hop over to the PFL Bellator card, but I don't know if there's any other fights you want to highlight for Mexico city, not specific fights, just a couple of fighters to uh, keep our eyes on. Um, like I said, uh, Daniel Zahuber, and um, Raul Rosas Jr. Yeah, Raul Rosas Jr. versus Ricky Tercio should be should be interesting. You've also got um, Yasmin Wadagi against Sam Hughes. Wadagi is a giant favorite, as she should be. Um, she is so much fun to watch. She is a very highly touted uh, women's strawweight prospect coming out of Mexico. Um, I expect an excellent performance out of her, um, and I think she's going to light up that that Mexico crowd pretty early on. Uh, let's see prelims. I don't know if there's anything like that. We, you know, nothing crazy. Eric Silva. Oh, not, not the same Eric Silva. I got very confused. Uh, not the same Eric Silva. Uh, yeah, no, n- nothing else on the rest of this car that we really need. to. There talk is about. one fight that I kind of, I kind of like down here. I mean, uh, Hyoni Barcelos, uh, that one, but. Claudio Poyas versus Fares ZM at lightweight. Yeah, sure. That is kind of a banger. I just, uh, I just we're looking through the card here as we go. Yeah. Um, but lightweight fights always delivered. You got thirteen and three versus fourteen and four. I think that's one to kind of keep your eyes on. And mm-hmm. and if something wild happens, and it will have something to talk about next week too. So yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of fights on this card, and we do have a lot in front of us today. So, um. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about Mexico City, but uh, Edgar Chires versus Daniel De Silva at flyweight. Uh, just expect to finish in that one. Uh, I don't think uh, Daniel De Silva hasn't been in a fight in the UFC that has gone to a decision. Um, so I just expect to finish in that one. That'll probably be fun. But yeah, no, that that's it for me on this one. All right. So uh, while we're waiting to get to the PFL and Bellator card coming up here. I want to make mention of something that happened last night. I am not a wrestling fan, but on Monday night, raw big Z, several UFC fighters were in attendance. This event was in Anaheim. Just oh. like, just like the UFC pay-per-view. Interesting. Um, and, I, I did not know about this. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> so, so Michael Chandler was given a microphone and, oh, uh, dear Lord, help us all. Michael Chandler was screaming to the Hills for Conor McGregor once again. So on Monday night, raw, uh, like I said, a bunch of UFC fighters were there. I guess he didn't know about this, but, uh, Michael Chandler was one of the fighters there. And we've just got a little clip here coming up. This was from like Monday night raw. So Yeah, so so you heard it there. Michael Chandler yells it. Sorry, Nate, before you leave, can you just play that one more time? One more, that give was, us one more. Got one dude on my mind. <laughs> McGregor, get your candy ass back to the octagon. I still got one dude on my mind. 
Dude, up. what's what's funny is like that's not the full clip. Like he, oh, I'm sure like, he went on much you longer. Know, Michael Chandler's just oh no, that was like the end of it. But Michael Chandler's over here cutting promos again. Um, we'll obviously keep you updated if that fight ever gets made. But dude. It's just kind of funny to watch him get a microphone at, at Monday Night Raw. Like, I saw the clip surface on X last night. This is probably the first time I've not called it Twitter. Um, but <laughs> I saw the clip surface last night. I kind of just like listening to Michael Chandler yell into a microphone. It's kind of what we do. Um, it's funny. Yeah. It, it, I, I like that for him. It's, it's so crazy. Dude. It seemed like some of the fans were, were pretty hyped up. So that's the first real... Um, experience we've seen with this tko merger big z like ufc fighters being in the presence of the wwe and yep. obviously it seems like with the merger they want to get more fans to be fans of the other mm -hmm. i don't see that happening with me and the wwe but uh i definitely respect what they're going for there so it's interesting to see maybe we'll have more fighter call outs on segments and stuff we're not expecting but Michael Chandler's yelling and he'll see you at the top. So yeah, he, he will indeed see us at the top eventually. Um, no, I, um, yeah, no, I, I appreciate and I respect what, what they're going for because there is a lot of crossover between the pro wrestling fan base and the MMA fan base. So it makes sense. I get it. Um, but yeah, like you said, neither of us are going to be, um, you know, diving into pro wrestling anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I would imagine, like you said, we're going to start to see more UFC fighters on WWE broadcasts. Um, I would imagine we'll start to see uh, WWE wrestlers like in the crowd at more UFC events. They're going to start promoting that. There were literally some like on the on the pay-per-view on Saturday night. Yeah. Like like the camera panned over. Oh, when yeah. They were doing, yeah. Like, like celebrity a, it was like, cam it was like or a couple whatever. or something like that. It was a, a, a male and a female wrestler. But um, yeah, you're totally right. So yeah, it's already happening. So it makes sense. I get, I get why they're doing it. It's just, uh, you know, pro wrestling is definitely uh, not my thing. All right. So we usually don't go out of our way to talk about, like, the PFL. I know the first week we ever had a show, we were like, what is the PFL? Um, but one of the former, I, I guess Bellator still exists, but it's weird. It's, it's kind of coexisting with PFL. So we've got a pretty significant card coming up in their Super Fight series this weekend. It's probably, like, their first real pay-per-view event that i'd even consider buying uh i don't want to but yeah <laughs> we've got some some very interesting matchups a few champion versus champion matchups to talk about here yep. big z and i know we want to try to watch these fights if we can i think we should so uh, no i think we should too so we can give you guys at least uh, a bit of a recap but real quick before we get into this um this card we have pulled up right here is uh it was the original card. There were a few uh, switch-ups. So you don't have to do anything, Nate. I've got the the, the new card on my phone here. Um, but we'll, it, it'll be good to have both so we can kind of compare um, what happened. But, yeah, so let's we can get started. Uh, ma uh, main event is heavyweight champion versus champion. You've got your PFL world champ, Henan Fajeda, going up against your Bellator heavyweight champ, Ryan Bader. Um, I think this fight should be pretty fun. Both guys are pretty good finishers. Um yeah, I, I expect a finish and some pretty good action out of this one, Zach. Dude, this fight should actually be really good. I think Bader has stood the test of time forever. Barrera's, he is a monster. Yeah. I haven't, like, I'm not as familiar with PFL. I'm working on it. I'm trying to trying to pave 
the respect for as much of their talent as I can. But man, this this is an interesting one. And champion versus champion, you just don't have often. So it's cool to see PFL grabbing that and having some double championship fights. This is going to be interesting. Heavyweight title on the line. Uh, my brother actually told me that they, I did not know this. So they made new titles for the coexisting. Yeah. I didn't know if like one fighter was just going to hold two belts or how that was going to work. No. So I've seen the design and it's, it's fine. It's like, it's exactly what you would expect it to be. Like it, like <laughs> if I were to tell you like that, they, they made a belt for PFL versus Bellator champs. What do you think it would say on the belt? Yeah, I have no idea. PFL versus Bellator champs. That's what it says on the belt. On the belt. That is fucking dumb. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very weird design. I saw it. I was like, it, it's <laughs> it's very average, kind of stupid. It's fine. But that that's the belt these fighters are gonna be uh are gonna be winning in at, at least the the champion versus champion fights, which there are a few less of now than there originally were. But next one uh, is still intact. We've got uh, a middleweight championship bout. Uh, Impa Kasanganai, who was the PFL light heavyweight champ uh, versus Johnny Eblen, the Bellator middleweight champ. PFL doesn't have a middleweight division or didn't before. So that's why they're doing the light heavyweight champ versus the Bellator middleweight champ. But Impa used to fight at 185 anyway, so that shouldn't be a problem for him. Um but yeah, so this will be for the middleweight championship, 185. Again, I think this fight is awesome, dude. Like Johnny Eblen, I feel like is very underrated. And like, if you were to do a a world rankings of uh, MMA middleweights, I think Johnny Eblen is probably top five, if not top three. Dude, he really might be top three. And I was just gonna say, like, I think he could give Impa Kasong and I some absolute problems in this fight oh i think he beats impa kasangana i do too I, I saw it the other way around as in impa could probably give some trouble to eblin but i think eblin beats him somewhat decisively it's the wrestling credentials for me there's i just feel like i i just feel like there's no way eblin with his track record doesn't doesn't get this done i don't think we need to make picks for any of these fights but no if i had to i'd say like johnny evelyn i think gets it done yeah same same uh so next one it was supposed to be a welterweight champion versus champion bout it was going to be magomed magomed karamov from the pfl versus jason jackson you uh a newly crowned bellator welterweight champion with that uh emphatic win over um oh shoot of course i'm forgetting his name now yaroslav amasov which was very surprising. Um, Magomed Magomed Karamov is out of that fight. Um, so Jason Jackson will now be fighting Ray Cooper the third on, on behalf of the PFL. Um, this will be a catch weight of 182 pounds. Why 182? I'm not quite sure. Um, but that is just the, the, the weight that they agreed on. So it's no longer a champion versus champion fight, but I still think that one is going to be really, really fun. Both guys bang. Um, and I think that just expect action out of that one, Zach. Dude, for sure. Jackson, like you said, newly crowned champion. Ray Cooper hits like a truck. Yeah. I think that'll be a pretty interesting stylistic matchup. I like didn't know that uh, Agamed Karimov was out. Yeah. But I, when I was looking earlier, I saw Cooper versus Jackson. So I was confused because I didn't know which one was which. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I believe these changes were either announced like today or, or yesterday. It's okay. Very, very recent. I just saw it today. So I'm not too far behind the ball on this one. Nope. That, that makes me happy because nope, I don't always know where the hell I'm at. No, this this is uh, very, very recent. Um, so, yeah, you don't have to worry about it. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think um, Ray Cooper was already on this card fighting um, Derek Brunson. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, either way, it doesn't really matter. But that's the new fight. Um, next up, it was going to be a featherweight champion versus champion fight. It was going to be Jesus Pinedo, um, from PFL against Patricio Pitbull from, uh, Bellator. Jesus Pinedo is out of that fight. So, um, Patricio Pitbull will now be, will now be fighting Gabriel Alves Braga, who was a featherweight finalist from this past year's, um, uh, PFL featherweight tournament. Um, don't quite know what happened to um, Pinedo. Probably just an injury. Um, but uh, Braga will, will be stepping up for him. This is no longer a champion versus champion fight, so I don't think the the belt will be up for grabs. Um, but I think this, I mean, either way, Pitbull's fighting at 145, so it's it's a must-watch. We've been watching Patricio Pitbull fight for fucking years, dude. And for, like, as, as long as we've been watching. Like, Anytime he's in a fight, he brings it. And for him, he is a fighter who really um, is one of those anywhere, anybody, anytime type of guys. He's, he's not going to say no to a scrap. So yeah. uh, awesome to see. And I'm fucking excited for Pitbull because I always am. Yeah. It's Even when I have to root against him, I'm like, oh, <laughs> Pit, this, like Pitbull, the Pitbull brothers are just nonstop action in yeah. the cage. Love the Pitbull brothers. Um so Gabriel Alves Braga, who stepped up for Pinedo, he was originally going to be fighting Aaron Pico on this card. So he he moved up uh, to a fight against Pitbull. Uh, Aaron Pico will be staying on this card. He has a new opponent. He will be fighting uh, Henry Corrales. So two actual former or two Bellator fighters will actually fight each other. Correct. Um, that That's on the, the early card, though. That's okay, not on the okay. pay-per-view. That'll be on the, the prelims, the, the ESPN plus portion. Of that this. fight should actually be really good. Oh, yeah. That fight's going to be a lot of fun. Like Aaron Pico is a fucking absolute dog. Mm-hmm. Corrales is really nasty as well. I think, well, we got a couple more on the main card here, too. But man, that's a fun fight. That's yeah. a fun fight to talk about. Yeah, that fight is dope. Um, yeah, a- a- again, kind of like Pitbull. Like when Aaron Pico fights, you you watch him fight because he's just he's Aaron Pico. You you gotta watch him fight, dude. This next one is nuts. Actually, this, the he- this heavyweight fight. Yeah, th- this yeah. fight. I think so. We we got Bruno Capeloza from PFL versus Vadim Nemkov, who's the former Bellator heavyweight champion. I think this well, might no, he, be. He's the current light heavyweight champion moving up to heavyweight oh i'm just a little bit goofy no that's okay so this fight i didn't realize he was moving up for some reason i like had forgotten that nemkov was at 205 but and honestly that's why i love this fight so much this is is some of the craziest matchmaking on this card i think i I just i feel like it's gonna be like an explosion when these guys get in there yeah i love this fight so much um Nemkov was kind of just being vocal about like not really having any um, opponents at 205 that interest him or interested him. So he's moving up to heavyweight and he's just taking on a fucking dangerous fucking dude in Bruno Capeloza. So yeah, this fight is super interesting. Uh, I'm very excited to see what Nemkov has at, uh, has at heavyweight. Um, next one is an interesting fight. Um, two pretty big names. You've got 
at light heavyweight Tiago Santos versus Yoel Romero, two former UFC fighters. Um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like fans are probably excited for this, but I just, I don't know, man. I look at this and old, old, so old, so, so, so old. They like should if, have made this fight like five or six that, years that's ago. That's what I was going to say. If this fight was six years ago, I would be like foaming at the mouth. Yeah. I you would know what shit I mean? my pants thinking about this yeah. fight. I'd be like, dude, Make this fight happen, like, right the fuck now. But I think it still has the potential to be really exciting. It's yeah. just that it could not be, and we have to prepare ourselves for that ahead of time. Oh, so. I, th- I think it's highly likely this fight is, like, boring, if not pretty sad. But like you said, too, maybe the bigger names on the card, especially for older, like, UFC fans. Like yeah, definitely. Yoel has been in Bellator for a while now, for the last couple of years. And uh, as far as Tiago goes, like, dude, he like has already popped hot for steroids in the PFL too. Yeah. Like, these these are your two older guys who maybe they'll be juiced. Who fucking knows? But I fucking hope so. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Like in this case, and let them juice. Just, just Jesus let them, Christ, let let them drink. Let let them drink the juice. Because <laughs> I was gonna say, let them drink. Let them drink the <laughs> don't, juice. Don't let them drink. Not 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 liquor, but. Let them pump them steroids. I don't think they drink steroids. Oh, yeah. I guess drinkable steroids are probably not uh, not going to work. But I don't think that's a thing. I, I don't know what I was trying to say. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, But, yeah. So, next one. This is going to be the first fight on the main card, the pay-per-view. This fight is actually fucking sick. I'm really excited for this one. Yeah. Lightweight, you've got Clay Collard versus AJ McKee. God, this fight is so good, dude. Um, obviously, we all know AJ McKee. He is just one of the 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 brightest young fighters we have in this sport right now. And then Clay Collard has had a really interesting journey over these last three or four years. He um, was a very middling UFC MMA fighter. And then during the pandemic, he had this crazy boxing run. He, sw- he switched over to professional boxing. And pulled off a, like a string of like crazy upsets in these fights that he absolutely was not supposed to win. He, he's getting brought in to kind of uh, elevate these young young boxing contenders that they they want to promote, and he's just like putting these dudes away. So he comes back to uh, to MMA after that, and actually has a really good run in the PFL. He he's beaten a lot of dudes at 155. He beat uh, Shane Burgos. He's beaten some other people, and then. You know, th- this fight with AJ McKee, I just think is is spectacular. Yeah, dude, this is like uh, like MMA fans around the world. If you understand AJ McKee, you, you understand you got to see him fight anytime he steps in the cage. Yeah. Longtime featherweight. Collard was a featherweight when he started fighting, too. Yeah. Now they're both meeting up at lightweight. Like you said, that Clay Collard boxing run and his like PFL run now has kind of been fucking like very unexpected. I was just going to say so unexpected, very unexpected and like but really cool. Like, I'm, I'm so happy for him. That's a rejuvenated athlete right there. And uh, dude, AJ McKee is one of the most exciting fighters to fucking watch right now. Yeah, that's like it's easy to not always make mention of him because you know our main track is the UFC every single week and with Bellator not providing consistency and not promoting their fights like not everybody knows about you know the 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 product that AJ McKee is but dude we've been watching him for a few years as well and I think this fight's going to be exceptional and just about anything could go down in there so I don't want to try to 
I don't want to try to predict anything with I've, those two guys. I have zero predictions for this fight because I have no idea what's going to happen. I would like to just sit back and watch. Are there any other fights that we want to go over on the PFL card? Not really. I mean, or anything? We discussed Aaron Pico versus Henry Corrales. That fight is awesome. Um, the last one I'll mention is just um, Clarissa Shields is on the prelims uh, coming back over from boxing. I think it's going to be like her second or third MMA fight. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting storyline to watch, but that's about it for... Uh, for this card. Yeah, so this is a pretty exciting opportunity for PFL to get some eyes on them, PFL and Bellator, which I still don't understand what's going on with that, but yeah. This is definitely a very good opportunity for them to have some fans watch them. Uh it is a pay-per-view card which fucking sucks. Yeah, hopefully it's not too expensive, maybe like 20 bucks. I would, I would, no I would, shot. It's going to be like 50 or more. I know, I hate it, but if it was $20, I actually wouldn't mind paying for it. But yeah, it will not be that. Uh, that so cheap. these fights will take place in the afternoon, and then we'll jump right into the uh, UFC Mexico City card. So yeah, crazy day for MMA on Saturday. Next week we'll have a lot to tell you guys about too. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to say? No, I I think this was a great episode. We had a fantastic recap, uh, good preview for these two cards. Um, I'm just happy that we didn't have an episode full of uh, negative thoughts, negative emotions. Just happy to come out here, be happy, talk, talk to you all, all of you lovely people about this great sport. Whatever it takes to grow the game. Grow the fucking game, baby. Let's go. And we're off. That was week seven. Whee!